to the one where I met your mother, a podcast about friends and how I met your mother. I'm David. I'm Natalie. How are you doing, Natalie? Uh, I'm doing okay. You know, um, I had a first today. You had a first? Do I know what this is or did yeah, you save yes. it for the... No. You know about this. Oh, you had your first Arby's seasoned curly fry <laughs> That's today? Right. We're not sponsored by Arby's, but they were delicious. But I've, I feel like I've been telling you for a long time that you would like the Arby's seasoned curly fries. I hadn't had them in forever. You and I were out and about doing something. So, yeah. um, and we were somewhat near an Arby's and I hadn't yeah. had curly fries in a, in a while. So I was like, let's go on the way home. Let's go through this drive-thru. I, I was, and I got, an, I got a large curly fry yeah. so we could share. Because you knew I'd like them. Yeah. I'm not a big fast food gal. No, you're not. And I always thought Arby's was kind of a joke. Well, it often is because there's like, the, the Simpsons, Simpsons made fun of yeah. it. But then didn't like John Stewart used to make fun of Arby's? Probably. And then there's the uh, Nihilist Arby's Twitter account. Do you know Nihilist I Arby's? I don't know that. It's a, guy and when i say it's a guy it's actually uh, one of the dudes from Lagwagon, huh. <laughs> who <laughs> runs a twitter account where he like the joke is that he's like tweeting on behalf of arby's but he says stuff about like okay. we're all gonna die <laughs> or whatever. okay that's that's kind of funny um uh, yeah but it's one of the guys from Lagwagon, which i think is funny i used to really like Lagwagon when i was a teen yeah who didn't they're not on the when we were young lineup though yeah they should be i feel like they should be there <laughs> yeah it definitely speaks to that um, era so yeah listeners go get some arby's fries <laughs> they're really good especially yeah. dipping in some horsey sauce horsey sauce who knew um yeah that was that was really good i'm glad that that's what uh, top of mind for you right now is, well uh, you know what we're still in cron you know we're deep in cron so we haven't done much yeah, we have not been doing so. Much curly fries at, at Arby's is all I have. It's a highlight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the highlight of this day. Well, you know what else is a highlight? Watching uh, two episodes of nice. uh, great sitcoms. Nice. We watched season two, episode ten of both Friends and How I Met Your Mother. The Friends episode is called the one with Russ, and the How I Met Your Mother episode is called Single Stamina. But let's start by talking about Friends, season two, episode ten, mm-hmm. the one with Russ. Mm-hmm. Non perk opening. Yeah, but City also Street. not yeah not apartment opening either. Yeah, on the on the like on the lot the lot yeah, yeah. the 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 fake the very fake looking yeah. I feel like anyone like I guess when I was when this episode would have aired, I would have still been a kid. This aired. We're into nineteen ninety six. By the way, oh, the okay, era. this okay. is the first episode that aired in nineteen ninety six. Okay. So I would have turned 13 in 95. So I'd been 13 years old living in the St. Louis suburbs. Uh, I don't know if it really, like, but I still feel like even then I, it would have seemed fake to it me. It looks how bad. like West Side Story. Like, but on a tiny, tiny scale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It looks like a school play. Yeah. But that's, this is like not specific to friends. This is like every sitcom uh, that takes place in a city always is shot on a lot. Yeah. And so, I mean, you it and I... It could have been filmed at New York, New York in Las Vegas. <laughs> that would have been too convincing. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> at least they've got the steam coming out of the, yeah. the sewers, which they yeah. don't have right now, yeah. by the way. Um, I don't know why they, they aren't stopped. doing that anymore. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, we, didn't you ask the bartender I at did. the... the uh, I can't remember the name of the place, but the Broadway, Broadway Burger Bar or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the response that he gave. I don't remember. She, you don't remember anything? I don't remember much. <laughs> well, it was at the end of a long day in Vegas, so yeah. you probably, probably don't remember much. Yeah. 
Um, but it is very funny that I was like, like I was probably sloppy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, but like every sitcom, uh, has these fake looking city streets, you yeah. know, like Seinfeld as it went on, got better because as I know from listening to all the commentaries and stuff on the Seinfeld DVDs, like, uh, the CBS Rodford lot kept building a bigger New York street specifically for Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still there now, but they were, they were like, the show's a hit. So like the, the walk and talks in Seinfeld get longer as the show goes on yeah. because they had more of a city street yeah. to build on. Um, but some of the, like they're always, and you watch, you see them in on sitcoms, but also in old movies, like the streets are always like the sidewalks are way too big. Yeah. And like, they're always at weird angles. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because they're, I, I think they're, if you have an actual grid like New York city or Chicago would be, you'd have a long horizon line. They can't do that. So they're always like in weird, like cul-de-sacs. Almost. Yeah. You know, I think maybe because we're also watching difficult people, which is shot on, on New York city, streets. on New York yeah. city streets. So maybe we're even more aware of yeah. it just because yeah. we watch an episode of, and they have these like long walk and talks along the streets of Manhattan. Like you can tell that yeah. it's, yeah, Authentic. So this, yeah, especially yeah, we're watching difficult people. Right before difficult people, we were watching first time for me, second time for you, uh, happy endings, which is supposed to be Chicago, but is also mm-hmm. very clearly it's just also, an LA back yes, LA lot. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, we're uh, we're already way off track. But yeah. the reason on the city street in the middle of the night is because Joey's just had a play open, and they're heading out first thing in the morning to see the reviews as they hit like old timey. Broadway New stuff stands. that I guess yeah. like I don't know if that still happened like what happens now do they go to they just go online they just but I'm saying, do they sit around at uh shit what is the I'm trying to think of the Sardi's is that what it's called or Sardi's was here in Los Angeles yeah. what's like the famous restaurant that people go to after plays I can't remember now I don't know. Uh, on, on Broadway or off Broadway anyway do they just refresh their phones yeah. I guess until the reviews are out yeah um which probably doesn't take until four o'clock in the morning now the reviews online an hour after the play. Yeah. Anyway, so they're there to get the papers and get Joey's, uh, reviews, which turn out to be very All mean. Bad. Yeah. Very mean reviews. Yeah. There's, uh, <laughs> sometimes jokes are not about how strong the joke is on the page. They're about the delivery in time. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a joke, the <laughs> green is bad reviews. And then Monica is like, Oh, I found a good one. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, amidst the mediocrity of the direction, Joey Joseph Tribbiani uh, found a way to rise to new levels of continued on page thirty-three, sucking. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like I, you see it coming a mile yeah. away, yeah, and yet it still made me laugh yeah. because of that, like the pause and the idea that a review would start off with such purple prose and then just be like sucking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which as someone who writes movie reviews like is something that I would do too. <laughs> yeah. Although would you, wouldn't it like end a sentence on one page continue? Like it wouldn't oh, yeah. pick up like the next word <laughs> on page one eighty three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so Joey's sad. He's been trying to act for 10 years. He's thinking about giving it up. Uh, next we get to, so, uh, but that's all in the pre credits. We get the opening sequence. Yeah. Now we're in the apartment. Ross shows up and he's had a hard day at work because the stegosaurus fell on a kid <laughs> on a field trip or whatever. So he walks in and he goes, hi. And I immediately was like annoyed. Yeah. Um, cause I just feel like 
Ross, I don't know. He just really gets on my nerves. His yeah. like Eeyore shit. Yeah. When he's like, it's mostly when he's like upset about Rachel or like a love interest. So if he's like depressed about anything else, I'm like, okay, that's more tolerable. I guess, but I just think of Ross as someone who like has never had to grow up, you know, yeah. like yeah. he came like the Gellers clearly like coddled him, have some money. Yeah. Yeah. He's the favorite son. Yeah. He's gone on to this career where he's like, I mean, I, I don't think this is unintentional on the writer's part. The, the fact that he's has a career that is considered successful, but also allows him to still be obsessed with dinosaurs, which is a still like a very boyish or childish mm-hmm. yeah. trait. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's like, I don't think the show's writing staff is unaware of the fact that he's a grown yeah. up baby. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes it just gets on my nerves. Well, like, what do you have to be sad about? Yeah. Like everything's gone your way your You're entire fine. life. Yeah. Except for, I guess your wife leaving you. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that sucks. Um, he has a son that he can't really hang out with all that often. Yeah. Okay. He's got some things to be sad about. Uh, but he's like, uh, and so, um, but really, the point of this scene is that Monica is back with Fun Bobby from season one. Yep. Um, and 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 they're they're hanging out. Having uh, a blast. Yeah, they're 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 having a good time. And uh, then Bobby leaves, and they realize he like drank three bottles of wine <laughs> yeah. by himself. Uh, the the entire the, the night they were I can't remember what they were doing. They were like playing were they playing games or something. I don't remember now. I think they were just hanging out. Okay. Um, but yeah, there were like bottles on the table and then like bottles all over the counter. And they were like, I only had one glass. I only had two, you know, they're like, wow, we went through a lot of bottles and they were like adding up how many they had. And they realized that fun Bobby had like three bottles all to himself basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How much is the most you've had to drink of wine of wine? Do you think in a uh, day seat sitting? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like oh, we have long days of like wine tasting and like a glass here and then a meal. So like we've probably gone through a couple of bottles, a couple of bottles in a day. But like, but like sitting down, I'm trying to think at a party, maybe. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, I, I feel like if I drink too much wine, yeah. it. I know that like people say scientifically that like alcohol is alcohol and one type of alcohol doesn't affect you differently than other types. But I do feel like wine being sugary, like it's a different effect. So I don't think I've gone, I I guess somewhat recently you and I went with another couple friends of ours to a restaurant where we ordered wine by the carafe and it was like, so we went through two carafes, but how many bottles? Because they're bigger than a bottle. Yeah. I wonder how many bottles, but it's still, that's four of us. We, We went through... Still probably less than a bottle a person. Yeah, like three quarters. Of- yeah, so I don't know. I've never, I yeah. definitely don't think... I mean, I think I'm a, I have a pretty strong constitution when it comes to drinking. I'm like a German-Irish Midwesterner. I'm kind of like <laughs> bred for it. But three bottles of wine would, that's, yeah, excessive. would destroy me. Yeah. Uh, which, so that's being fair, because my first reaction was... Well, do you remember... Uh, the very beginning of Burn After Reading, when John Malkovich's character is getting like put on leave or like demoted or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, one of the other CIA guys is like, "You have a drinking problem," and he's like, uh, "You're a Mormon. Next to you, we all have a fucking drinking problem." Yeah, and that's kind of how I felt about the friends. Yeah. Like, oh, all right, who are these like yeah. lightweights? But you're right, three bottles of wine that's, is a lot. Yeah. Um, so they realize. But I guess what I'm saying is, 
what I here's what like the unhealthy thing I was projecting onto them because there's what it's Fun Bobby Monica. It's basically all of them minus Ross. Yes. So it's six people. Five of them only needed two bottles of wine. I guess my thing was like, you guys should have drank more. You didn't want Fun Bobby to drink all your wine. You guys shouldn't be such lightweights. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> that is a problem. <laughs> because <laughs> um, uh, that is sometimes how I like you also have that mentality when it comes to like food because you have three siblings so it was like just eat like eat as much as you possibly can that shouldn't yeah because if yeah if translate we, to if we like there's six of us in my like four kids and yeah. two adults so the the way to think of it is if you get a pizza that's sliced into eight pieces if you want a second slice of pizza, right. you better be one of the first two people to finish. Yeah. yeah. And that's still my mentality. Yeah. Like I still eat. I, I, I think I've gotten a little better. You've gotten a better, but still you're, you're very much like, I need to know what I'm allowed to eat. So, because I'll easily eat the whole thing. Like we can't just like have a plate of food and like share it. You need like a, how much can I have? A, you need to like separate it out or else you'll eat all of it. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean, you and I, we made, we like air fried those like veggie bites from Trader Joe's the other day. And I, the other day, and I had to like, please count how many there are in the yeah, bag. I'm like, okay, you get 11. I eat faster than you. I eat 11. Here but, you go. But like, if we just ate at a normal pace, I would have eaten 17 of them and you would have gotten five. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, okay. So, yes. So, Fun Bobby is legitimately has a problem. Yeah. He's <laughs> um, fun for a reason. Which, uh, Again, rears its ugly head again the next day. They're f- we're finally at the park, and uh, Fun Bobby pulls out a flask and is like uh, putting some uh, some whiskey in his in his coffee. Yeah, uh, which made me think like I I have carried a flask before. Uh-huh. Um, if I'm at like sometimes at Comic Con, bring a flask, or mm-hmm. like if I'm at an event all day and I'm like. I'm going to have something on me, but I'm like, there's something so brazen about the way that he did. Like if I were at a coffee shop and I had a flask and I wanted to Irish up my coffee, I would be so like turning, like covering with my shoulder. I'd be so like furtive about it. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, let's make these Irish and like setting the flask down on the coffee table. Like, I feel like wouldn't own the ownership or the manager, like tell him you can't do that. You'd think so, but who knows? Um, Anyway, so this, uh, all this discussion about Fun Bobby is making me feel like an alcoholic Mm -hmm. (laughs) because of how much I relate. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, uh, so yeah, uh, Fun Bobby decides, like, Monica confronts, I like like always calling him Fun Bobby, by the way. Yeah. So Monica confronts Fun Bobby, he decides to... He took it very well. Yeah, well, he says that she's not the first person who's talked to him, but he is touched that she cares, so he's going to try and quit drinking. The real point of this scene is we meet the guy that Rachel's dating. Ugh, yeah. His name is Russ, and yeah. he's played by David Schwimmer in Ugh. some pretty terrible yeah. uh, prosthetic makeup where he's got, like, a more prominent chin, and he's got, like, a... How would you describe his lips? They're, like... Like, full? I, I don't know. It yeah, was, they're fuller lips. I dreaded this because I remembered exactly the one with Russ for this reason, and I don't like it. It's very upsetting. Because it it's, like, an uncanny valley yes, thing. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, um, but we like the joke here is that Rachel's dating someone who looks that's just like a stand-in for Ross, identical, and he even says hi the yeah. exact same yeah. way. 
Um, meanwhile, uh, Joey had an audition for Days of Our Lives. He's like, okay, I'm getting back into the swing of things with the acting career, but he feels like this casting director isn't going to give him the job unless he sleeps with her. Like She's coming on to him. He goes to see his agent about it. His agent is uh, Delight. Um, Estelle. Estelle is... Uh, is agent and she has something that I want now, which is that oh. cigarette holder on her desk. Props to the props department. Yes. It's like one of those old timey uh, straw dispensers. You like lift up the top and a bunch of, but it's with cigarettes. So a bunch of cigarettes. It's like a flower blossom. Oh yeah. yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. It was lovely. I, yeah. I, I covered it. Yeah. Um, uh, and she confirms, yeah, this casting director wants you to. Yeah. Joey gets Weinstein. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's, um, I mean, it speaks to our double standard that we, mm-hmm. it's like a joke, mm-hmm. you know, whereas if it were the other way around, yeah, you know, um, it, it would be less so. Although they do, Chandler does sort of turn around by, by offering the, uh, hi- hypothetical to Rachel, like, would mm-hmm. you sleep with someone? Yeah. She said, who do I have to sleep with? Me. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know why that would be part yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't, we shouldn't make light of this horrible reality of, you know, this, the industry. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Estelle, you know, calls the, calls the casting agent to double check and yeah. she's like, yep, you're going to have to do it if you want this job on, uh, Days of Our Lives, which, I don't know if it's a spoiler or a teaser, but they'll call it dual down the road, and it's very funny. D O U. Wait, no, D O O L. Yeah. Dual. Yeah. yeah. That's more of a teaser. Yeah. I've got some teasers too, I think. Dr. Um, Drake Ramore on dual. Um, so then you, you mentioned uh, Fun Bobby is fun for a reason. We get to the actual conflict of the episode, which is that sober Bobby is boring and Monica can't stand dating him, which is, uh, funny. Also like kind of a weird message. (laughs) Like, I guess he's so uh, boring. It turns her into an alcoholic. But I'm saying if I were, if I were an alcoholic, which I'm not, I don't know, maybe I have a problem, but, uh, uh, watching this at some point I'd be like, Oh, okay. Maybe I should try sobriety and then immediately the show would be like nope sobriety makes you boring you're like yeah. okay i'm better off yeah. drinking yeah um uh so uh, i guess i don't I, I don't know where to put something we have these categories on this podcast mm-hmm. right we have like foreshadowing mm-hmm. and we have similarities mm-hmm. where would i put something that happens on friends that made me think of something that will in the future happen on how I met your mother. Where would I just, should I just say that now? Yeah, should I say yeah, that? Yeah. Okay. Because David Schwimmer playing oh, a character who looks like okay. Ross, that is going to be a thing on okay. like someone on how I met your mother playing a different character. And the joke is they look exactly is like the name weirdly similar. Uh, no, I guess not. No. Okay. But the idea of this is the actor, you know, from the show, sure. they're playing a different character and all the other characters are like, yeah. Oh my God, that looks like our friend. I feel like this That's, is a common trope. Yeah. This is not quite the same. At, Cause we have to talk about Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, this is not bizarro Jerry, which is also a very, very funny episode. Yes. I love it. Yes. Um, 
but the happy endings did a bizarro episode where yes. like uh penny was hanging out with her boyfriend's friends and they were all just like normal people and yeah. she was like trying to project her friends onto them yeah. but they're just normal people yeah. uh that was very funny when elaine um, like goes for like the olives in the fridge and they're all like what are you doing yeah. is like the funniest <laughs> thing i've ever yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, you're right. Probably a lot of sitcoms have done this. What I'm saying is how I met your mother being how, how I met your mother. They are going to run with it. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, and then we get, uh, there's a running joke in this episode where, um, someone says, who do you think, don't you think Russ looks like somebody? Mm-hmm. And more than once someone says Bob Saget. Yeah. Which is like kind of like, yeah sad obviously because yes. he just passed away but also yeah. like a weird bit of uh dovetailing with yeah with and your mother. yeah uh but we find out that russ um is not a paleontologist he's a periodontist right which is a very i had to look it up gums yeah gum health um but uh i guess sounds similar good good comedy yeah. word choice yeah uh uh, so Joey's still freaking out about his decision. What's he going to do? And we get him sort of like stress making Sunday gravy, mm-hmm. I guess, which is like, I've said it before, I think in, was it in season one, we met Joey's dad and they like made, you know, tomato sauce, but yeah. they call it gravy, yeah. uh, together. I like that touch of, we, t- we, we, oh, I mean, I opened the, this recap here talking about how like obviously not new york it is um it felt very new york or at least very east coast you know to have him just making pots and pots and running out of pots and putting the he had like gravy and like an oats pretzel barrel yeah and then did you see the the cookie uh, jar the clown cookie jar that you mentioned last week which uh chen there accidentally stuck his hand into not realizing it was full of gravy um yeah props to the props department here um this whole apartment is covered in sauce <laughs> yeah yeah which is like it's it's hard to watch <laughs> yeah yeah who's gonna clean that up joey's not yeah do you think who, i think they're gonna just set monica in there because she loves to clean you don't think joey and chin them like maybe like hire someone every once in a while no, to come clean i think their they'll apartment? get monica over and monica yeah. will do it yeah well she's still out of work as far as you know right yeah um we also confirmed, we talked about last week, confirmed there are windows in their living room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey and Chandler. Yes. Um, so let's see. What else? What happens uh, next? Okay, so here's... Uh, Fun Bobby is continuing to be boring. He's telling stories about hardware stores and how the light in his refrigerator burnt out. Yeah. And Monica at first is out of solidarity. doesn't want to drink when she's on a date with him, but then... When he starts in on the refrigerator light story, she has to order a scotch on the rocks. A scotch on the rocks with a twist, um, uh, which that'll come back uh, at the end. Um, we've got. I mentioned uh, Russ being in the other scene. I didn't mention Russ and Ross talking, mm-hmm. and that's how we find out he's a periodontist. Um, and there's a lot of like cutting over the shoulder, like clearly stand in, yes, um, or like when in this next scene in the back of the perk and they're in opposite sides of Chandler doing a crossword puzzle on the mm-hmm. couch. The camera is just like shooting one of them at a time, but there are also some split, split, uh, split yeah. screen shots, um, that are, uh, pretty good, pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in that the shot of them both on the couch, you know, Mm-hmm. You've got Rachel behind them because the the thing is she's finally realizing she's looking at both of them together. So it made me realize like okay, so the 
the split screen has to like start at the bottom and stop at a certain point because the top of the frame has and behind the couch has Rachel in it. Mm-hmm. So like, I guess the old fashioned way of doing this would be to shoot against a completely like symmetrical neutral background so that the two shot sides mm-hmm. when you split would match each other. But this is obviously a more complex shot where there's movement going on in the background. Uh, it was well done. I thought yeah. it was a convincing split screen yeah. shot. Uh, Okay, so, but then, yeah, she finally realizes, and she's like, I can't uh, uh, go out with you, she's breaking, she's breaking up with Russ. Uh, Monica also ends up getting dumped by Fun Bobby because he confronts her about having a drinking problem because she, at this point, can't be around him without being drunk. Yeah. They're going away for the weekend. Um, I can't remember where that, does it say? Connecticut? Yeah, I feel like that's always where. Yeah. Where people, do people go? Like, you and I, like, I we live like in Los Angeles, so we go to, like, Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara, Palm Springs. Vegas, yeah. Yeah, Joshua Tree. Like, uh, where do New York But I go? think Is rich it? white New Yorkers go to Connecticut. Okay. Do they, do they just go up into New England? Yeah. In general, probably. Yeah. Or maybe the Hamptons. Because wasn't, um, go to the which is Long Island. Yeah, that, but that, you have to be rich, right? I don't know. I'm saying these people are rich. I okay. think Fun Bobby is rich. Rich. Oh, okay. Okay. Because wasn't uh, Jerry going to take a date to Vermont? Yeah. When the, the cute little um, air bed and breakfast or air, air bed. <laughs> the cute little bed and, breakfast bed and breakfast with the separate faucets for hot and cold water. Yeah. Um, which I hate that idea. Yeah. You're supposed to wash your face. Yeah. Like you got to like mix and match. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, uh, so yeah, they uh, break up, which leads to a funny like wordless joke of um, Joey and sorry, Ch- Chandler and Ross both having to fork over money to Rachel and Phoebe because they lost a bet that Mm -hmm. Bobby was going to break up with her, I Mm -hmm. guess. And then Joey comes home and he's like, I stood up for myself and, uh, I didn't sleep with the casting director and she offered me an even bigger part. And then like implied that he did sleep with her to get the even bigger part. And so, Rachel well, it, and Phoebe have to pay. It back was only implied because he's like, I, now I need to go take a shower. Yeah, yeah. Um, all very, very smart uh, uh, stuff. Smart business. And then we end at the park with uh, <laughs> um, Russ is there. He's sad that uh, Rachel broke up with him. And then they, um, Julie happens by, and then Julie and Russ share a meaningful look. Yeah. End of episode. Yeah. Cute for both Just of love them. Love at first sight. Yeah. Exactly. Did you have any other stray observations you want to move on to funniest moments? Uh, yeah, let's move on to funniest moments. Um, both of mine are Phoebe lines. Um, uh, or at least, uh, yeah, the, yeah, they are Phoebe lines. Um, when Phoebe is trying to convince Rachel that Russ and Ross are similar, mm-hmm. and he, she's like, Ross, Ross. Steve. And, and Rachel is like, Steve, Sleeve. And Phoebe goes, uh, okay, no one is named Sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Um, I don't remember the context of um, Phoebe's, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but she does that a lot. Um, well, she also says, um, after they had, like, the the entire conversation about him drinking three bottles of wine and oh my God, fun yeah. Bobby's an alcoholic the next day at the perk when fun Bobby announces, I'm going to try and quit drinking. Phoebe goes, Oh, why? <laughs> yeah. That was very funny <laughs> yeah. because she felt awkward and like gets up to get a slice of cake. Right. 
um, to get out of the awkward situation. So I have a funny, uh, I don't actually know who says this, but when fun Bobby comes and picks up Monica to go on their trip, Uh it's like a slow knock and someone says, even his knock is boring. (laughs) Yeah, I think that was Rachel who said that, yeah. Um, Monica also has a funny line about Phoebe, um, and I don't know the context, I Maybe you'll remember, but um, Monica says she's upset because she buttered a spider into her toast. (laughs) (laughs) And she does like the movement of like taking a knife and buttering toast. And in my mind, I just thought of like, yeah, that would make Phoebe sad. That would make anyone upset. You know, that's a terrible image. Yeah. Oh, poor spider. Yeah. Uh, Should we we move on? So was the spider on the knife or in the butter? Or on the toast. I think it was crawling across the toast, and she didn't realize it until oh. after she like dragged the butter oh. across it. Okay. Poor thing. Poor thing. Should we move on to friends, but make it fashion? Yeah. All right. Um, I think I said this about this time in season one, but I like that we're deep into winter now because I like the winter fashions. Yes. And um, Joey has a very uh, fetching uh, peacoat and striped scarf combo. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good fashions in this episode. Um, in the first scene, Phoebe has a Mona Lisa print dress, but she also has white go-go boots, and I love them. All right. Um, also footwear, um, Ross is wearing his burgundy docks again. Really? I didn't You notice. never notice them. I yeah. always like want to point them out, but again... I know. I'm like... Uh, we don't talk during these episodes, yeah. so I'm not going to point it out. But I'm like, in Shawshank Redemption, like, how often do you ever look at a man's shoes? Natalie, Natalie does. Mm-hmm. Natalie looks at shoes all the time. I look at everyone's shoes. I should, I should start looking at men's shoes more. Um, notable mentions also, Phoebe has a vest with the New York cityscape. Did you okay. notice that? I didn't notice that. Okay. Um, any running jokes, motifs, foreshadowing to point out? Um, I feel like we've talked before about Joey's uh, moral ambiguity. And I feel like the, it came up in this episode where he was like, I don't want to... Like, yeah, this casting agent is, like, hot. I would totally sleep with her, but I don't want the part because I slept with her. I yeah. don't, I'm don't. i not going to do this. I'm not going to stoop to this level. Of course he does, but he does. he's conflicted about it, and yeah. that's why he's, like, almost giving up on his acting career. Like, yeah. I'm going to have to bottle pasta sauce. Like, I, this is a bad industry for me. Yeah. Um, so he's struggling with his, you know, his own personal morals. Yeah. Do you have any, anything else? Um, oh, did you know, props to the props department, I feel like we have a lot in this episode. Um, the very fi- final scene in the apartment, they have a bagel spread, and oh. they always have great breakfast spreads. Someone went to Zabar's. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who it was, <laughs> but someone went to Zabar's this morning. Well, uh, on that, let's, uh, let's take a quick break. All right. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, we're back. Yeah. And we're ready to discuss How I Met Your Mother, Season 2, Episode 10, Single Stamina. Take it away, Natalie. So. 
So we open. Um, it, uh, we see that it's winter in New York and it's snowy outside. And um, yeah, this is a non-McLaren's opening, non-McLaren's but very, very opening. pointedly so because the whole point of the opening is that the, the four gang, characters who are yeah. in, in couples are just they're in couple nesting. couple hibernation. So Barney's the fifth wheel because they're all cozy and snuggling on the couch and eating snacks and watching movies and playing mousetrap, which (laughs) (laughs) so much fun because, um, this is an early props to the props department. Someone had to put together the whole mousetrap because it was fully put together. They were at the scene where they like hit the button and the ball starts. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's fun. I like that attention to detail. Do you think the actors got to put it together? Oh, I wonder. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Um, so yeah, they're in couple hibernation. Barney is constantly like trying to rouse them to get them to do fun things. And they're like, oh, it's past nine o'clock. Yeah. I'm already in my jams. Um, I have soup belly. I have soup, soup belly, which <laughs> grossed me out a little bit. Um, but then all is well because Barney's brother is in town. Yeah. So we learn, because um, Robin hasn't met the brother. So they're yeah. like, just so you're not surprised, Barney's brother's gay. I just don't want to shock you. Yeah. And then Barney's brother, James, comes and comes to the door and he's black. Yeah. And Robin's like, you didn't mention <laughs> that part of it? And he's played by Wayne Brady. Yeah. And I like that Ted Ignat, like at first plays the like colorblind card, but then is like, no, I'm just kidding. I, just, I was just messing with you <laughs> about yeah. like not telling specifically saying like be warned he's gay but not mentioning that yeah. he's a different race than Barney. Yeah, so he's um James is Barney's gay black brother and also we learn that um James is like the best wingman to Barney cuz they just like the scenes where they're like wing manning each other is yeah. like so perfect. Yeah. Like they choreograph it perfectly. They have like handshakes, like they set it set each other up perfectly. Like yeah. it's a beautiful choreographed they had there was one i can't remember what it was they like had a name for their move yeah um when when wayne brady like came on like a like a a, a brutish like handsy yeah. guy and then uh barney swoops barney in and saves in and, a day yeah yeah they had or a name for that. he approaches the girl like from like oh i love your sweater <laughs> yeah. meet my friend you know yeah. so like they have all these different tactics um and we see a lot of them play out um we get a little flashback yeah, I'm glad you into um, 1982 where like Barney and James are sitting on the couch. The like they're like asking like why we don't look alike. Yeah. So the mom had this story about when I was pregnant with you, I ate a lot of vanilla ice cream when I was pregnant with you. I ate and he's like chocolate or uh, coffee. coffee? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so yeah, that's the joke. And then we see but the, um, so oh, the mom is Megan Mullally. Megan Mullally is the voice, but I guess, I don't know if this is, like you said, I don't know if spoiler or teaser, we will eventually see Megan Barney Mullally. and James's mom, but it's not Megan Mullally, but oh. it is a, a, a different notable actress Okay, uh, when we when we actually meet her. So we, we also get like a little taste of Barney's clearly like, I would say like, lower income upbringing, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's just like, it's kind of a messy apartment. The mom is like smoking, like chain smoking cigarettes and there's video games on the table. So it's like, they're kind of like latchkey kids. Mm -hmm. Um, so we learn a lot about Barney in this episode. I think, um, we learn about why he suits up 
you know, right. yeah, there's a whole we kind of see yeah. a, a softer, a softer side of Barney. Um, yeah. and we've seen like little sprinkles of it and you've kind of teased more yeah. of it. Um, yeah. we still don't learn how they are brothers, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is fine. We get, I mean, they, uh, we don't need that many dots connected for us. They yeah. have the same mom. She yeah. just, they just have two different dads. That's right. I guess that's an assumption. Okay. That's the assumption I would make. But, uh, you know, could I've also been... seen the show, so I guess that's why I'm making that assumption. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Um, yeah. We also see, like, 1984, 1980, just to, like, give a little, like, timeline. We see a few segments. Yeah. yeah. 1984, 86, 82? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, James is just super fun, and he convinces the crew, he rouses the crew to go to, like, a a lounge. A, it looks so lame. It did not look fun. No. Yeah. Um, so the crew like, it looked like a place where like the drinks are too expensive and no one cool is there. Yeah. It doesn't look very, it's like a lounge, like yeah. a lounge, like it's not a fun place. Yeah. 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 Um, there's probably a dress code. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. everyone's, yeah, in, you, just, you probably had to wait in line Yeah. to pay $15 minimum for a drink. Yeah. Um, so they go there and then like the, the boring couples like just want to sit down and that's yeah. like a funny joke. Like they'll even sit down on the floor. They're just like so tired. Yeah. And that's where we get the episode of like single stamina because yeah. Barney and James are the ones like having fun, chatting people up, hitting on, you know, all kinds of people. Which um, I think like, I like sometimes shows like this or Seinfeld, like get some, mileage out of like making up a thing and giving it a name but i like when because i think this is a i think this is a real thing i think what they're speaking to is a real thing like when especially when you're in this stage of couplehood like for sure yeah so i think single stamina is real you know which i i I like um i like that how i met your mother uh uh, gave a name to a real phenomenon which they will later do with woo girls um which i know about i know about but yeah yeah yeah. you have to kind of rally when you're single like if you do not want to be single or if you want to hook up with people like yeah you have to have a lot more stamina and the couples like i also related to the conversation of like the girls um lily and robin had about bras and how like they just they hate to wear a bra like Uh they put on their bra for this it's so uncomfortable um uh yeah, they may. I know you hate when people use the word "booby," <laughs> but there's a joke about like it feels like they're in a booby zoo and they're wearing a bra. Yeah, yeah, which is funny. Yeah. Um. Oh, but yeah, there was a. I forgot to mention when they're like it, still in the apartment trying to be convinced to go out. Like James uses this like idea of the people in. Um, like sitting in a basement in Wyoming, like yeah. they want to be young people in the city, like do it for them. Like you owe it to your yourself to get up and go get yeah. dressed, yeah. head out. You're in like the best city in the world. Yeah. I was um, definitely going to mention that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the boring couple people, they just want to sit down. So they finally, um, everyone besides Barney is like looking at James and they're like, Hmm, he's like turned down all of, all of these people who keep hitting on him. He's like texting in the corner. He's, he's booed up, right? Like they (laughs) all see it. Um, I'm also pretty sure B 
because you and I currently are in the middle of watching Veronica Mars. I'm pretty sure James has the same phone as Veronica Mars. Oh, he's a sidekick. Is that what that is? What that is? Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure that's Veronica Mars's phone. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Barney like approaches him and he he like asks to see his phone and then James has to admit like yes I'm engaged. He's a great guy. Um, I'm monogamous and Barney is just like scandalized that his like best brother wingman is monogamous, which is like the worst thing a person could be. Yeah. I feel like this is a version of a joke. How many mother has done these jokes before? And so his friends of like talking about one thing as if you're talking about another thing. Right. I think this is a, a more, a less hanging a lantern on a version of right. like Barney doesn't have to accept that he has a gay brother or a black brother yeah. or that his brother's getting married. He, he has to accept the idea of his brother's lifestyle being yeah. it's not monogamous. about <laughs> gay marriage yeah, it's just you know because like they make a joke about that too like about like shame of marriage and Barney's like no it's just marriage in general yeah yeah um so we have a scene at McLaren's where James asks Barney to be his best man and Barney says no which is you know sad and upsetting um, harsh. and then Barney conspires to like take James to a gay club to like sabotage his relationship with his, his fiance. I think that's the idea. Yeah. So he gets like all of these hot men to hit on him, like to try to show him what he's missing. Um, he, it doesn't work, but everyone else goes to the club and the gals are loving the attention from all the gay men and the, and Marshall and Ted are like, initially excited about it, but then they get sick of it. And then the girls are like, well, now you know how we feel at the sports bar or whatever. Yeah. So it kind of like a little role reversal. Yeah. And I, I mean, I wanted to ask you like how close, like the, the idea that like, Oh, gay men aren't ogling us. Um, which I feel like is not entirely true. I feel like, men like look at women whether they're gay or straight I've but it's been, just a different I've way i've been groped more at a <laughs> at a game bar than i have but it's uh, like it's different but it's different it's but also different. the idea of being at like we see <laughs> lily and robin like get in the cage and dance yeah and the idea of being able to dance completely carefree is probably i was gonna ask you is that yes relatable? yes but it's like so overdone that like people even joke about it like the bars in west hollywood are all like gay men don't go out to bars anymore because it's all straight women trying to get attention from gay men in a safe way. And that says more about toxic masculinity and how it's unsafe to be yourself and be, to have a good time and drink in a say sports bar, you know, where it's much more dangerous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a sad, sad reality of things, Yeah. but yes, I, I do enjoy a gay bar. Um, do you, do you ever feel like you're hit on or like uncomfortable at any bar? I've, I've never been hit on at a gay bar. I don't think, I don't think I, I, I remember once, um, I worked at a video store in Chicago that was in like a gay neighborhood. It was most, it was like a regular video store with a large porn section, but in terms of like our revenue, it was like half gay porn. That's like what kept the place sure. in business because where, where it was. And I remember like one guy was kind of like, I mean, a lot of the customers are friendly with me, but one guy was like friendly with me in a way that I was like, 
not sure about. And after he left, I was like, I didn't want to reciprocate that because I didn't want to like give him the wrong idea. And my coworker who was a gay guy was like, Oh David, no one's going to think you're gay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So I don't think, so I've never really been hit on at a gay bar because I don't, you scream like straight, very straight looking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this, this doesn't work. Um, this, you know, the gay bar, he's, He's not interested in yeah. all these other men because he's in love with, I forget yeah. the name, Ted, um, Tom, John? It, I can't remember now because his name is James. Yeah. It might be Tom. Tom or Thomas maybe sounds right. Okay. I didn't write it down. Okay. But I think you're right. Um, uh, so at some point, um, James tells Barney, like, we're also adopting a baby. But I noted a specific thing because it made me think of you when he's telling the story about how great let's say Tom or whatever is, he talks about Tom haggling over antiques and getting them a lower price, which (laughs) I'm looking at our bar cart right now, which you like knocked, you got them to knock 10 bucks off because of like a weird wheel on the bar bar cart. And I was like, Oh, I I get it. I am a great negotiator. Mm -hmm. I am my mother's daughter. Yeah, That's right. Um, yeah, the, the price is just a, Jumping off point for negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> I've haggled my way to some good deals. Yeah. In the yeah past, you're definitely better at it than I am. Yeah. Which I'll just like, fine. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Um, so yeah, we learned that, you know, Barney's going to be an uncle, which is great. And he's the, the quickness with which he goes from being completely opposed to being like, there's going to be a baby. That was, yeah, that was my, my funniest line. Oh, I'm sorry. Cause he was Cause so, I... he was so delighted and it was so sweet. Yeah. It was sweet. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's, I have more funny, but, um, so yeah, w- then we flash forward to, um, James and Tom's wedding where Barney is giving the best man speech. Um, they do have a baby who's very cute and suited up in a cute yeah. little baby suit. Yeah. Um, we see that Marshall and Lily are in fact married. Yeah. And we also see that Robin and Ted are no longer together, but they do like kind of rekindle and they're hanging out and they're dancing together because, um, you know, true to boring old people, Marshall and Lily are, you know, tired after the wedding, it's nine o'clock or whatever. (laughs) And Robin's like, I think I'm going to like stick around for a while. Ted does too. And they're dancing. Um, so yeah, that's kind of sad but it was kind of sweet like we knew it wasn't gonna last i knew it wasn't gonna last and i'm not even that familiar with the show um but i I like the the writers giving themselves that like here's what we have to write for next year you know yes we have to write a wedding and we have to write a breakup yeah um so the little like funny tag i guess is like um barney is like hitting on the ex-girlfriend of the groom Okay. And they're making out and then he like makes eye contact with the baby <laughs> who is going to be his like future wingman. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was also interesting that like, that's why uncle, uncle Barney is called uncle Barney. Not necessarily because Ted calls him his brother, but right. That's just his name. That's just like, his this name. Is, that's how he came up. Yeah. Barney. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we've also established in the in the Bob Saget part that the kids do call Robin Aunt Robin, so okay, they probably do just call the whole group gang yeah. Aunt and Uncle. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I've 
so uh, my co-host on Battleship Pretension, Tyler, mm-hmm. he has two boys who are yeah. like uh, almost a year and a half old, uh, twins, and they're not speaking yet. I don't think year and a half olds really talk, but Tyler's also always already told me like I will be Uncle David, which is very yeah. exciting. Yeah, I mean I'm an uncle many times many over, times over in, yeah. like actual familial like blood ways but yeah. i've never been an uncle i've never been called uncle by someone i wasn't a blood relation with yeah i'm kind of excited yeah that's cute yeah um i thought i had something else to oh yeah and then the um it's funny because the end of the episode is very sweet uh and uh the song is skyway by the replacements yes yeah, a great song yeah great song great band yes should we uh, move on to funniest moments? Yes. And you, you start us off. So, yeah, one of the funniest was, um, wait, there's going to be a baby? Yeah. <laughs> like Barney softening um, in a very cute way. Um, but then I had another one when um, Barney is trying to rouse everyone to oh, go no, out. You're going to take mine. Is it hang on to your bed sores, grandparents of Charlie Bucket? <laughs> grandparents from Willy Wonka. Yeah. I wrote, uh, I don't know which one of us heard it right. Yeah. Hang on to your bed sores. Yeah. Your parents from Willy Wonka. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, then I've only got one left, uh, which isn't a line. It's, uh, you talked about how in sync Barney and James are. Uh-huh. The, when James is showing off his new suit and Barney like instinctively starts doing like a fake fashion shoot, like crouching and, yeah. and like James is like posing like that. Ha- it was very funny and happened so naturally that we Im- immediately like it was Again, very funny, but also a great way of illustrating how alike these two are and yeah. how much they uh, uh, are in step with one another. Yeah, and you can kind of imagine how, like, they probably did that when they were very young, you right. know, like yeah. that started early. Yeah. Um, another funny thing is when um, when they were doing their wingmanning, um, <laughs> Barney wants to hit on a girl with a, uh, with a bad back tattoo. Uh-huh. And he's trying, like, um, James is, like, offending her and, like, being being gross. And yeah. Barney's like, no, this is, like, a this is a, a symbol of who she is. She is that dolphin encircled in flowers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we move on to How I Met Your Mother but Make It Fashion? Yes. And I know you're going to mention this, but James is wearing the purple rose tie that Barney wore in a previous episode. I didn't mention it but you're right he yeah. is that yeah. purple that purple rose yeah i don't know if they have the same suit or if he borrowed it from barney yeah i didn't even think about that but oh, yeah that is okay. that 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 tie i can't believe i didn't mention that yeah i didn't notice that no but i mentioned this could almost go into similarities and differences another overcoat and scarf combo uh <laughs> barney has a um not not a peacoat just a straight uh overcoat with a plaid scarf um i do think like as a guy who f- thinks about men's style, I won't say fashion, but like men's style and the idea that um, men should dress better. Mm-hmm. I've always been oh. like torn about Barney uh-huh. because I like that he has those values that a suit like says you care and stuff like that. But I also just like rarely really vibe with his style. Like I think Barney looks like a douchebag a lot of the time, especially mm-hmm. like he tends to wear like dark suits with dark undershirts. We see a lot of black suits on him or like, and and here, like in this episode, he's wearing like a black suit with like a charcoal shirt, mm-hmm. which is like a, this like dark on dark. It looks douchey and yeah. clubby. 
and so again with this overcoat the overcoat is cut nice and fits nice i mean you know patrick harris has a slim frame which a lot of clothes look good on but i also but i also thought that 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 long black overcoat is like yeah if you're going to a funeral maybe but like just wearing that around looks like douchey um so i i I just this is just a way of saying that i feel two ways about barney i i am I am uh, sympathetic to his mission, but not on the same page with how he executes it. Well, it's interesting. Like, I think it goes a little deeper than that. We learn about how he, like, suits up to, like, kind of distinguish himself from the, like, T-shirted masses, Mm -hmm. you know? And this might speak to, like, his humble upbringings and how he's, like... Insecurities and how he wants to kind of break away from that. Yeah. we should also mention, of course, we got in season one, we got that backstory of how he used to be a crunchy granola hippie type. Yes, and, yes. Um, but I think those insecurities were already there. And yes. You just had to find the right, like, costume to try on. Yes. Did you have any other fashion moments? Um, no, I didn't like any of the um, the ladies' clothing. Okay. Well, I have one other uh, in the opening montage of when Barney keeps uh, um, busting in to try and get them to... C- come on little missions with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked his earmuffs again, winter fashion. Oh, I didn't those, even clock those earmuffs. I don't think I could pull them off. I think you Neil know, Patrick Harris is sort of like, cause I have a huge head. And so I think I'd look, uh, ridiculous, uh, with them, but the, the earmuffs that aren't like the, the strap is like Guy Fieri's sunglasses. Like, it's, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They're on the back of the head. Yeah. Like, so they're earmuffs that go, but like keeps your hair from getting mussed up and the, thing goes around the back of the head i think it looked great on new patrick harris again i don't i think i would look ridiculous trying to pull it off because yeah. i have such a big round head yeah i don't think i don't think they'd fit <laughs> um themes should we talk about themes uh, or motifs hold on, hold on yes uh running jokes motifs foreshadowing there's so many in this. there's a lot um when barney is um like when he has to be his own wingman wingman he says have you met me yeah <laughs> and it doesn't work <laughs> yeah um but then we also get kind of like with the atlantic city episode where we saw the chinese businessmen doing their version of yes. barney's catchphrases yes. we get a lot of wayne brady doing um, he says legendary he mentions uh laser tag he mentions his blog but i also liked you mentioned the uh the wingman game where he's like the flattering gay guy who's yeah. been like have you met my straight straight brother and he does the i can't no, i can't remember what word he was saying oh it was fab fab wait for it but he didn't say wait for it he said don't you go nowhere yeah. <laughs> he said fab don't you go nowhere you list yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that was good. I, I i liked that also um yeah just minor teasing this won't be the last time we see wayne brady as james this is not not a oh. one and done we'll see more james uh also barney drinks re- a red bull which i feel like we need to we need to mention yes. every time barney drinks a red bull yeah because uh, uh, it's almost like his he uses it almost like um popeye spinach like remember he was drinking red bull when he was trying to satisfy the cougar the right Jane, uh, Jane Jane Seymour. Seymour. um and here he pops a red bull when he's getting the bright idea of like how to sabotage his brother's engagement yeah uh yeah so th- those are the only ones i mentioned did you notice any um oh i forgot to mention that um in like when marshall is at the like he wants to like there's that whole joke about him wanting like a fruity drink but it not being socially acceptable for men to order drinks with little pieces of fruit in them yeah but when he goes to the gay bar he feels like free to be himself yeah 
So um, we also get a, a bit more of that when they're like back at the apartment and um, he like makes one in the kitchen. He's like toiling in the kitchen to make this like beautiful, like yeah. fancy drink with like all kinds of fruit and colors in it. And Lily's like, oh, thanks for me. And he's like, yeah. Because he's so pleased with his concoction. Yeah. He's like giggling to himself. He's so excited to drink yeah. it. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, I guess that's a props to the props department. Yeah. Uh, how about similarities and differences? Well, we talked about Bob Saget. Yeah, yeah. Before I wrote that down. Um, there's also both episodes. Uh, you know, we've talked before about how obviously there's six characters in one show and five characters in the other. They're not always going to map one to one. But Joey and Barney have a lot of similarities in yes. terms of being like uh, uh, horny playboys or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we saw the softness and yes. and the yes. thoughtfulness of yes. of both characters in this episode. Yes. But what I really wanted to mention is that I feel like this episode is these two episodes next to each other are they kind of underline how I've always felt about the how I met the world of how I met your mother just seeming so more relatable to me. Because like the I think I get I admit that Fun Bobby clearly has a drinking problem, but the squarish panic over it yeah. versus the like the 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 uh what's the word i'm looking for uh like the study of how people behave when they're single when they're couples or Mm -hmm. when they're straight like a lounge versus a gay bar like that it actually felt like sometimes friends feels like it's written by people who are way older than the characters Mm -hmm. and don't know what people in their late twenties and early thirties in New York city would actually be doing. Yeah. Whereas how I met your mother actually sometimes feels like I believe the writers are similar to these characters, have similar experiences and are bringing some more authenticity to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. And maybe it's my like pandemic brain, but that lounge and how I met your mother, it was way too packed with people. It was, (laughs) it was hard to watch. (laughs) There was nowhere to like walk and mingle. It was just like a sea of people like sitting in groups. But we've been to places like that, you know? Yeah. But I feel like, like think about, I thought about this obviously is a different visual scheme and people outside of LA and under or over a certain age won't even know because this bar isn't there anymore. But the room between the bar and the bathrooms is good luck. Mm -hmm. You know, it has like all those seating areas. Like I've definitely been in situations. Yeah. Where it's like that, where it's packed. And yeah. No, I said this is like pandemic brain where it, to me right, it's like right. I couldn't do that. Yeah. Oh, fun times we're in. Well, speaking of fun times, let's play favorites. Let's play favorites. Okay. Three, two, one. How, How I, I Met, met your, your Mother. mother. <laughs> yeah. They're on. They're just firing all cylinders. Also right like facial prosthetics. No, thank you. <laughs> That's really what. That's really what it boils like, down to. I was dreading this episode. Yeah, wow, it was like a, uh, it's like a phobia thing. Yeah, it's, you. I don't like it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I just think that... that um, but it was a good episode, yeah. How I Met Your Mother is just the this stretch of, of them, and I think it'll last... I mean, the show goes on for nine seasons, but I think we're at a point now where... I'm going to end up eating my words because it's going to be some like dog shit episode, <laughs> but I feel like the next two or three seasons of How I Met Your Mother are just strong. so strong. All right. I'm excited. In, yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's move on to my favorite segment to introduce. Okay. The segment is called, How Were We Doing? Okay. 
which by the way we still haven't gotten to uh, how are you how are you doing joey still hasn't said that yeah yeah uh as i mentioned we're into 1996. This is the sorry. This is the segment where we look at what was happening in the world in the days these episode aired. Episodes aired Thursday, January fourth, 1996, um, which um, is the feast day of Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton, whatever that means. Uh, Hosni Mubarak, the president of Egypt, appoints a new government in response to accusations of corruption in the paramilita- par- parliamentary elections, which were held the previous year. In late 1995. Okay. That's something that happened. But let's move on to uh, what we love to, to do, the top five songs in the U.S. Okay. Counting down, TLC's Diggin' On You. You know this song? Diggin' On Me, Diggin' On You. Da, da, da. Okay. Because uh, that's the only new one on the list. After that, it's Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise, mm-hmm. LL Cool J's Hey Lover, Whitney Houston's Exhale, which we spent a lot of time last week trying to remember the lyrics to. <laughs> which I figured it out. And Mariah, number one, Mariah Carey's One Sweet Day. Now, season two, episode 10 of How I Met Your Mother, Single Stamina, that premiered on Monday, November 26th, 27th, 2006. Which is interesting to see, like, these are both network sitcoms airing on similar schedules. It's interesting to see that season 10 of friends didn't happen until January of the next year. Yeah. Um, as at a certain point, it'll start to even out again, but, uh, uh, how many mother was clearly cramming a lot more in the first half, uh, of the calendar schedule at least. So Monday, November 2nd, November 27th, 2006, uh, a lot of bullshit happened. Mm. Um, yeah, a lot of sad because we still got Iraq War and, and Somali Civil War. Um, it's all very sad. Uh, the Canadian House of Commons endorses Prime Minister Stephen Harper's motion to declare Quebec a nation within a unified Canada. Now, I will tell you, Natalie, when I looked at this, when I saw this, because I looked these up beforehand, mm-hmm. I went to Wikipedia and tried to figure out what that means. I read the whole article. Still, <laughs> still don't quite still get nothing. it. So, if any Canadian listeners want to. Ex- explain to us what it means that Quebec is a nation within a unified Canada. Please let me know that they are both they, like it's a part of Canada, but also it, also it has is, some sovereignty. Yeah. So is it like this is gonna make me sound, I hate this. It's like Dorne on Game of Thrones, oh. like the southernmost part of Westeros, which is part of Westeros, but also like so has like its own breakout. like uh, it, yeah. its own system of like governance and hierarchy or whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's what Quebec uh, is. Um, uh, I learned there's a lot of there's disagreement disagreements between whether Canadians from Quebec are called Quebecois or Quebecers. You, I, I've always thought it was Quebecois. I always say Quebecois. Yeah, but um, uh, I'm not. That, apparently, that's not uh, the only way to to say it. Um, so yeah, Quebec is a nation within a unified Canada, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> Um, maybe um, Robin will know. Maybe she'll. Yeah, you think it. they would have talked about it, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but uh, um, the British disc jockey Alan Freeman died on Monday, November seventh, two thousand six. Hmm. So. Okay. And then the top five songs in the U.S. At number five, Fergie's Fergalicious. Mm-hmm. At number four, Justin Timberlake's My Love. Mm-hmm. At number three, Beyonce's Irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. At number two, Akon's Smack That. And debuting at number one, <laughs> Akon's I Want to Love You. I don't know this song, but Akon's got the 
one and two spots. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is, <laughs> I feel like, I don't know if it's just more about us or was, was the mid 2000s just a really bad time in music? Like mainstream, like pop yeah. music? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was. Or maybe or we, we it just, just wasn't our paying, paying attention. Yeah. 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 I want, as it goes on, I think I'm hoping I'll get. You know, as we get later into the 2000s and yeah. the 2010s, maybe we'll get some music that I know. Yeah. Uh, our final segment is called Challenge Accepted. Mm-hmm. This is where we try to make predictions on what's going to happen in next week's episode based only on titles. But first, we have to look at how we did on uh, our predictions. <laughs> and I think I get a point and you don't here. What? Yeah. I was right, though. No. Single stamina. Yeah, you were wrong. I was right. <laughs> I'll, okay. I'll, uh, let's let's start with mine. Huh. Okay. I predicted that the one with Ru- Russ was Rachel takes up with a fella named Russ. And let's just say this is a burr in Russ's saddle. Which is right. I clearly got that. Yes. Right? You said Barney proclaims that wedded copulation is wrote unimaginative and brief. Brief. So you said single stamina was specifically about sex. Sex. Oh, so okay. I think I, I think I'm ahead of okay. you. Okay, you get the point. Do you? Do you? I and mean, we both have to turn our keys here. Oh, I turn it. Yes. Okay, I turn it. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to feel like I bullied you into accepting my point there. Well, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> well, uh, now I have to look up the titles. Okay. You'd think I I could write down the titles in this, but then I wouldn't before. get to talk about Fakasha bread mix. Black truffle Alfredo sauce. Brie and crute. Wait, do you remember which ones you talked about no, last week? No, some of these are repeats. So I'm sure, yeah, you're probably repeating yourself. Winter wake-up tea. <laughs> Eggnog. All right, season uh, two, episode 11 of Friends is called The One with the Lesbian Wedding. Ugh. All right. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of... Just, uh, yeah, I could predict there will be a lot of audience laughter at the fact Just of a the lesbian. Just the very fact of it. <laughs> no yeah, that's already uh, the joke. In their minds, like, the the joke is already done. Yeah, yeah, like Pencils last down. week with the, the hers and hers towels. Yeah. Just that itself is a joke. Yeah. Um, so we need some more, though. Yeah, so I'm, obviously I could say, okay, Carol and Susan get married. Um... I am going to... It's not a lesbian wedding. It's just a wedding. <laughs> okay. It's just a wedding episode. You know? Like... Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're right. You're right. Um, but my, what should my prediction be? Um, I'm going to... I'm going to predict some small and maybe even not permanent personal growth on Ross's part. Okay. I'm, I, um, I predict that Ross, though still not cool with the whole thing, nonetheless experiences a modicum of personal growth. 
Okay. Okay. Now, season two, episode 10 mm-hmm. of the show called How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. Sorry, episode 11. Mm-hmm. Episode 10 is single standalone. We talked about this one. Single two, episode 11 of How I Met Your Mother is called How Lily Stole Christmas. Mm. So, Christmas episode. That's fun. Okay. Um, okay. So, obviously, it's going to be Lily is um, real grinchy, but why? So, she's a real holiday grinch. Um, but why? Why is she so grinchy? She's got a chip on her shoulder because... Uh, she's not Jewish, is she? I can't remember if she's supposed to be. I, I feel like we think she's supposed to be because Willow. Because Willow. Willow and Bob Willow, Willow Rosenberg. Yeah. Right? Wasn't it Willow Rosenberg? Yeah, which I never bought. <laughs> you never bought that Alison Hannigan, no. the most Irish yeah. actress on the planet, yeah. is, <laughs> is Jewish. Um, um, okay, she is. Yeah, okay. I'll just say, like, she doesn't get. Christmas. She, You're saying, she's never liked Christmas. Well, you started with Lily's a real holiday Grinch. Yes. Because. She's a Jewess. You are predicting that? Yeah. You're predicting she's Jewish? Well, no. Okay, no. Lily Aldrin? Yeah, okay. No, no, no. Okay, let me take it back. Um, I, I, I don't mean to lead you in one what way. Why don't you vamp? It felt well, like I, we were saying that we were only thought she was Jewish because yeah. Willow was. Yes, you're right. Okay. Why don't you vamp while I think on this? Okay. Um, Costco membership. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to read like your actual personal information about your gold star membership annual renewal notice. Okay. Let me so rub we, the piece of paper we, ASMR style. We learned something about Lily's childhood which is why she has a chip on her shoulder about Christmas. Um, so we get a flashback to Lily's childhood. Lil, Lil Lily. <laughs> um, uh, Lemon ricotta. <laughs> truffle pecorino. Olive and herb mixed nuts. Okay. Lily's a real holiday Grinch because of some bad shit that went down when she was knee-high to an elf. Good one. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's it. That's all the segments. I am now leading in the, um, in, in the challenge. Again, for, for new listeners, at the end of the season, um, whoever loses, whoever has the least predictions right, has to donate $500 to the charity of the winner's choice in season one we tied so we each donated $250 to to charity which let's be real we're gonna try to skew the results so we each donate $250 to each other's charity yeah that that is kind of the bit that I think we're working on here but as of right now I am ahead right okay yeah I mean if it's like a shocking imbalance of points I'll do 500 yeah but I'm I'm only ahead by one I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll get this tour i don't know i'm pretty bad at this game um and not really we like i said we're tied if you're bad at it i'm bad at it like i said i'm bad at this game (laughs) well you can find uh this podcast wherever you find 
podcasts. Uh, you can also find a post for this podcast every week at battleshipretention.com. Battleshipretention.com is also where you find my other podcast as well as my movie reviews that I uh, uh, that I post. This, this week I reviewed uh, uh, a, a restoration of a 1962 film called The Olive Trees of Justice. You can find my review there at battleshipretention.com. You can email me at david at battleshipretension.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Pretension. Uh, and of course, you can comment at battleshipretension.com. And more importantly, you can email us at the one where I met your mother at gmail.com. Yes. Which people should do. I feel like people mostly comment on this show by tweeting at me. Which is fine because you tell me. I, yeah, I actually have a couple to tell you about. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, also email us. Natalie yeah. would like to hear from you, too. Yeah. In fact, Natalie, where can people find you on the Internet? Just email us. That's that's about it. Um, also, if you like this episode, if you like this podcast, why don't you rate and review wherever you get your podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your mothers. I'm sure we would all like to hear more fun podcasts. Most definitely. Until next time, see you in Nobody Cares Wyoming. (laughs) 